Welcome everybody. This is the big dudes in the trenches. So yeah, um, Bug's not here now, and we have a wild tug randomly out of nowhere. How you doing, man? Uh, dude, I'm doing long. good. It it feels like it's been forever. I'm glad to be back, and I should be back for at least the foreseeable future. I feel like this camera is way more zoomed out than normal. I don't know what you did. <laughs> it's definitely your fault. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no better? idea. Um, no, <laughs> but <laughs> who cares? Um, we have so much to talk about here. Actually, so much going on in the NFL that I don't even really know what to start with. But we have to start somewhere. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with some NFL news in some order, I guess. Very little to talk about with college this week. But I did want to talk about a couple of things, and then we will get to... The games that are happening this weekend. And now you're going to say, what? There's games happening this weekend? Well, there's games. Absolutely. So there's games, plural. Uh, Pro Bowl and a Senior Bowl we're going to be talking about. And it's it should be some good discussions about all these guys. But let's go ahead and dive on in to this NFL news. If you're ready. Oh, man, I've been waiting. It feels like four weeks for this. So uh, let's jump on in. <laughs> It does feel like you've been gone a minute, but uh, let's, let's go ahead and talk about the, I guess we should start with the new team in the NFL. New team name? Um, does it count as like a new team in general? I mean, Washington Commanders, that's a pretty big change. Yeah, but they, they kept the same color scheme, most of the same branding, just changed the name and, and the product. So they're the same team with the same history. They're just now known as the Washington Commanders. Yeah, what an unfortunate name there. Um, <laughs> the Red Commies. Golly. Uh, I I kind of like the name for where they are. It kind of makes sense, right? Kind and of, but it's, also... It's not a world-breaking name. It's not, not a fantastic name, but it, I don't understand all of the, the backlash on it either. It's just not what the fans wanted. Unfortunately, what the fans wanted were all trademarked. Not much you can do. I would say for the image that they were trying to convey, at least what they said they're going for, there are better names to do that. Uh, the naval base right there, I think, is what kind of what some of the concept behind it was. Okay, well, everyone was okay with the admirals. You can work with that, especially yeah. if you change the colors a little bit. Red and yellow for commanders doesn't make any sense. Right, so if you want to keep the colors, you need a different name. If you want to change the name to something like this, I would recommend changing the colors. That didn't happen. Whatever. If they start winning, we'll get used to it. It'll be fine. <laughs> right. I would also want to talk briefly about some of the other names that leaked. I mean... There were a lot of options thrown around by plenty of different organizations here. Washington football team being one of them. I mean, it seemed like there were some new rumors or some new URLs or everything just going around for the last year. Yep. What are some of the names that you heard that you liked? Man, I really like the Red Wolves. Um, even just the Wolves, the Red Hogs. Again, that shout out to their old lineage with the Hogs. Yeah, there were definitely better ways for them to go with this, but it it is what it is. It is what it is now. Can't change it. <laughs> I think uh, NFL rules you you probably can't change that for another couple of years. But also, you know, it's a billionaire owns the team. He can probably do whatever he wants. Right. So, <laughs> other huge event. Uh, we did talk about this last episode, but it wasn't technically official yet tom brady actually did retire apparently that is a thing now he did not talk about the patriots in his little retirement open letter to the world that's interesting is it though two years ago he thanked the entire organization i mean even the statement that it said the patriots put out on the initial rumors were was the exact statement that they had put out two years ago. No changes at all. So really can't man. His last two years were with the Bucks. He already thanked new England. 
I let the Bucks fans have their time. It's not all about you, New England. It's it's not. I love you, but it's not all about you. I mean, he was there for twenty years, so I think he would say something. But you know, I guess you're right. He did already say something a couple years ago. Fair enough. Now Ben threw it out here that he might have signed a one day contract with Patriots. I haven't seen that anywhere. I don't know what his source was on that. I haven't been able to find it, but. If he retires a Patriot, that would make me feel better. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Did you you hear that uh, Robert Kraft apparently threw a quote-unquote temper tantrum when that retirement statement came out and it didn't mention the Patriots at all? That sounds very much like Robert Kraft. Right. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of owners, the Broncos are looking for a new one. They are officially for sale as of, what, two days ago? Two and a half days ago? Yep. Um, evaluation came in about $4 billion. So good luck with that. That would be a new record, I believe. Yeah. I Let's, we got a couple quarters hanging around somewhere, Doug. Let's put in a bid, see what happens. At least throw a GoFundMe together. Right. Isn't that what the Packers did? <laughs> uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Um, so this is why. All the speculation about Jeff Bezos, future owning a team, yep. has usually surrounded the Broncos. We kind of knew for a while this was going to be the next team up for sale whenever it did happen. It's just now happened. Is Bezos actually going to take a dive into the league? I I would imagine so. He's getting more and more into the NFL across the board, um, setting up deals through Amazon, things like that. He he's setting the groundwork. It's probably going to happen, uh, which would actually be kind of funny to me because if Amazon has a TV deal and Jeff Bezos is an owner, he's basically making the other 31 owners pay him to own a team. Well, he's no longer in charge of Amazon. That happened. What a year ago. That's the way to get around that one. I'm sure he still owns plenty of shares, but he's not officially in charge anymore. So it counts. Right. Um, man, what else has happened? I think next we should probably talk about coaching news. I want to save the biggest one for last, though. I think that's probably fair. A couple of quick hitters to get out of the way. We have some coordinator moves. As we've been discussing them, we'll, I mean, we'll keep doing so. Uh, the Bills have a new offensive coordinator. Promoted Ken Dorsey from their quarterback nice. coach spot. I like that a lot. We, we um, enjoy our internal promotions. Yes, and Ken Dorsey staying in Buffalo makes a ton of sense for him. Absolutely no reason to leave there. That's a good situation. And, I mean, he's been Josh Allen's quarterback's coach. He's apparently done a really freaking good job. So, (laughs) nice to see the promotion there. The Bears got their defensive coordinator in Allen Williams. That was the guy that we had speculated would be the defensive coordinator hire last episode. It's official now coming over from the Indianapolis Colts defensive backs coach over there under Matt Eberflus. Um, The Giants have their new offensive coordinator, Kansas City's quarterbacks coach, Mike Kafka. So I don't know how much work he's really had to do there with Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) But I came in after he was drafted. But, you know, fair enough, I guess. And if you can unlock anything like that in Daniel Jones, I'm sure everyone will be very, very surprised and happy. Daniel Jones has the speed, man. He is not a slow guy out there either. He's just, you know, got issues throwing the ball. Yeah. Does he have 50 touchdowns a year in him? I kind of doubt it. Doubt. But we will see. Do have a coordinator firing here. The Green Bay Packers released their special teams coordinator, Man, that took a minute. Seems like they could have done that the day after the game. Right. (laughs) The day after the game was absolutely entirely valid to fire him. Looks like they went back, you know, looked at some tape, broke it down, went, wait a minute, you're trash, and then fired him. (laughs) Uh, Wouldn't be terribly surprised if he gets another job pretty quickly, though. I mean, there aren't too many special teams coordinators floating around the NFL right now. That's fair. So, you know, Maurice Drayton. Sure, sure you'll hear that name again. <laughs> um, I guess let's talk about 
Jim Harbaugh because what was there's, that debacle? There's nothing to talk about. He's staying at Michigan, told Michigan it's not going to be a recurring issue. So this basically he said he's staying for as long as they want him. Congrats, man. You got your 15 minutes of fame again, and nobody cares about you again. Here's what really confuses me, though, is that there were reports coming out from recruits who said, hey, Jim Harbaugh told me he's looking at leaving. Why would you tell recruits that just to turn around and say, you know what, I'm staying for good? We're not saying he's a smart man. But at least he's the most honest recruiter that ever walked into a recruit's I guess living room. Like I, you know, I give him a shout out for that. I guess if he were really honest, he would say, well, we are going to lose the game every year for the next decade. So if you want to, <laughs> you want to be on the losing side, come to the school up North. <laughs> I don't think he's that honest. That's valid. <laughs> um, Jacksonville Jaguars. We among many others have been speculating for a long time. That Byron Leftwich makes too much sense, and apparently he literally makes too much sense for the Jaguars. He has pulled his name out of consideration there. Feels unfortunate is what it is, I guess. They were so close. Like, the reports were coming out, and you told me to back off because you don't trust the Jaguars, and once again, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) But the reports were there. Everything was sitting there saying, hey, this this is going to happen, and then it just didn't. And I'm, I don't know if it was contract negotiations that fell through or what, but it, I, don't know. I have no idea how they jacked this one up. They had their guy and they let him go. But now the Jaguars spot comes down to Rick Passatia, apparently, and Doug Peterson. Both of those make a fair bit of sense, but Byron Leftwich would have been cool. Uh, okay. Uh, Byron left, which puts fans in the seat, which right. is what the Jaguars desperately need right now. Right. I don't know if Rick Passatia does that. At the same time, it makes Jacksonville a better destination for free agents, probably, seeing how he yeah. handled players. Um, I don't know about Doug Peterson either, although getting a Super Bowl winning coach is usually not a bad idea. I know he is, and it just – it still feels so wrong to say that because after Frank Reich left, he had nothing. The offense couldn't do anything. Like, And then Carson Wentz goes out to Indianapolis and has a decent season again. Yeah, but to be fair, it's not like the Colts have done anything other than like nine wins under Frank Reich. I mean – so, But he got Carson Wentz to perform again. Not good enough. Well, that's valid. Didn't get back to the playoffs, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but now the big one um, that I'm sure by now people have heard, but I'm going to kind of let you loose on this for a minute, it is involving Brian Flores, so a little bit of your domain. <laughs> so this is my first time on the stream, um, and there's a reason I'm not wearing a Dolphins jersey today because I was planning on breaking out one of my two Marino jerseys uh, and wearing that for the show. And then this news break, uh, broke. Now, Brian Flores is saying, basically calling out the Rooney rule, saying that all it's doing is getting, is stringing along minority coaches in the hopes that they have a job when a lot of these decisions have already been made, which is something that we, at least a few of us on the show, have believed for, for a while. Uh, in fact, we've been off the air calling it out saying this isn't doing anything for for what it's trying to um for those of you who don't know the rooney rule adopted in 2003 originally required every team to interview at least one minor minority candidate for head coach positions and for uh front office executive positions i think it was updated last year to be two candidates must be interviewed um So he's starting with that complaint, saying that his interview with the Giants was a complete sham, that they already knew who they were going with. Um, He's naming the Broncos in there for showing up to his interview an hour late and hung over in 2019. 
And then the one that hits close to home. He is alleging that one, he was fired um, due to his race. But what's actually going to hit is he's claiming that uh, Stephen Ross paid him or offered to pay him $100,000 a year or $100,000 a loss in 2019 in order to tank and get the number one overall pick. Uh, he's claiming that Ross invited him multiple times out onto his yacht, I'm going to guess in international waters, um, to meet with an unnamed quarterback uh, in the 2019 offseason. I'm sorry, the 2020, yeah, 2020 offseason uh, to try and lure that quarterback to Miami, which is now being reported was Tom Brady. So now we're looking at tampering. Um, and man, just a whole other slew of issues of Miami being a poorly run organization from the top down at this point. Yeah, you've been asking to get rid of Stephen Ross for a while now. I've been kind of laughing at it because uh, how long you can't fire an owner, but this, this is pretty fireable. So just looking at this one, <laughs> it's going to force the NFL to, because as it turns out, Miami's not the only one offering to pay right. its coaches on down years for losses. Um, so it's going to lead to a change in the draft system, which everyone can already see what it's going to be. It's probably going to be a lottery, but there's going to be a change in the draft system massive change on top of that you're, you're talking about federal federal bribery charges the fbi is now looking into this and investigating uh this claim of offering to pay a hundred thousand dollars per loss uh so you're looking at potential federal charges literally disgracing the game or the name of the nfl in order to get the number one overall pick Man, this is a bad look for Miami. And we were saying that, you know, the Broncos were clearly the next team for sale. I, I think I see the next one that's going to have a for sale sign in its front yard. I mean, we were saying the same thing about Washington not too long ago. And somehow Dan Snyder's still in charge there. Well, Dan Snyder's in there because he kept his nose clean for a year and a half while Miami decided to go in and stick it in the mud. Fair. <laughs> But, man, I have no idea what's – this is really bad for a lot of people, not just Miami Dolphins, but, like, the NFL as a whole. This looks really bad. Yeah. No, absolutely. So I can't imagine he's going to just be allowed to continue doing this or – I don't know. It would be really hard to see him still owning a team for much longer I... at the same time. <laughs> He's a billionaire, so what do I know? <laughs> I still like the idea, honestly, of what the Packers done. And we have a Twitter question up. We will uh, get to it in a second. Um, but I really do like the way that Green Bay does this uh, as, you know, a publicly owned team. Let the fans run it, man. And by that, I don't mean, hey, every fan gets to vote on who the new coach is. No, no, no. Just like any publicly traded company. You do stock drives as needed, and then you hire or you elect via whoever owns stock. You elect a chief executive officer who then operates the team for you. I I, I like that build. I don't like this idea of the entire in, entire NFL teams belonging to one person uh, or a group of a small group of investors or things like that. I actually, the more I think about, it, the more I like the idea of you know what, let's, let's make these publicly traded and give, give the stockholders a vote. It would certainly make it harder to do what apparently the Dolphins and maybe the Browns have been doing, where Hugh Jackson has now come out and said, hey, the Browns were paying me to lose games too, which <laughs> would make sense why he was so good at it, I guess. <laughs> uh, one in 31 in two seasons, and everyone was clowning him for it. Well, maybe he got paid an extra hundred grand at loss. That would be well. His was creepy. only fifty grand. The, the no Browns don't have as deep of pockets as uh, <laughs> as Ross does. Wow, man. Um, that being said, our Twitter question because Hugh Jackson is joining in on this lawsuit as well. Uh, Twitter question out there was: 
how many other minority coaches, assistants, et cetera, former head coaches, do you think are going to jump in on this lawsuit? Uh, yeah. Speculation is that Jim Caldwell is going to join in at this point, watching how this offseason's gone. I would be surprised if Vance Joseph doesn't jump in on it. And honestly, for the third year in a row, not even being a finalist for a head coaching job, I Eric Bieniemy will most likely try and jump in on this. I would, I would imagine. I mean, he's not a finalist yet, but gosh, I mean, he's only been out of the playoffs for a couple of days, so maybe there's a possibility yet. There's plenty of openings still, actually. Yeah. Jaguars have named their finalists as uh, Rich Basakia and Doug Peterson. Miami has its finalists uh, through. I mean, I don't uh, trust those lists. Who are they? Who are those lists coming from? They're not coming from official press uh, releases from the teams. They're coming from Adam Schefter, who's already been proven to be wrong earlier this week. I mean, it's it happens all the time, man. I don't, I don't know, I don't believe I, it. <laughs> I know, it, it, and that's valid. I'm just because <laughs> the the other two openings that are remaining that I I'm tracking are the Saints, um, and then the uh, Texans. the Texans as well. I mean, yeah. The Raiders are still open, technically, right? No, they they have announced Josh McDaniels. Uh, so actually, yeah, knowing Josh McDaniels' history, yeah, the they're Raiders still open. Still open. That's, what yeah. I was, that's what I was getting at. Thank you for getting there. I like cutting over the long way. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So one of the things I was thinking about, which, okay, it kind of does – I don't know if this helps Brian Flores' point or not, but it's concerning to think about. It seems like now, even if, especially if more coaches jump on this bandwagon, there's a precedent set of hiring a minority coach, paying them to lose, firing them for losing, and then bringing in a white guy and riding off into the sunset with your high draft picks. That sounds crazy racist and really bad. So maybe they really do have a legitimate point here about some real racism in the process. And I mean, that's, it feels almost obvious at this point, but I'm just saying for like people who are slow to the party on agreeing to this sort of thing, this is some real deep rooted stuff going on. And the NFL has some real issues with this. I, I can't believe it's gotten this bad and it's come out this bad. It it's unfortunate, man. It's depressing. I hate everything about this. More importantly, I hate that my team is the one that's wrapped up in it right now. Well, yeah. Fair. But it feels like all 32 teams are dirty at this point. Oh, they are. They absolutely are. So I wouldn't I wouldn't blame the Dolphins in a bubble. No, but the Dolphins are the ones that got caught, and I can call that out all day. <laughs> that's very true. If you're going to cheat, at least cheat better. <laughs> Don't be Oof. smart about being stupid. And we were stupid about being stupid. I hate everything about that. So if you're good, I want to move on from NFL news for a second. Yeah, man, let's let's jump on out. Okay, so a little bit of college news. A little bit. A little smidge. Uh, first up, very, very shocking report. Uh, that Caleb Williams is going to USC. Oh my goodness. No one would have ever guessed. So, such a shocking <laughs> report that I think I said that before he even officially announced his transfer from Oklahoma. You did. And I was like, man, give it a time. Maybe, maybe they can convince him to stay. He is the legitimate starter. No. All right. He's going to USC. So will you watch some Pac-12 games this year? Maybe if they have USC, it depends on what time they're playing. Because now <laughs> what you're telling me, hold on, no, no, because now what you're <laughs> telling me is the Pac-12, which is a middling conference, has a powerhouse team again, which means that team will most likely try to run through everybody and then utterly fail at that too. I mean, I don't know that it's fair to say that they have a powerhouse. It's Lincoln Riley's first year. Also, Utah is really good, and nobody wanted to give him any credit. Hold on. It's his first year, but he brought his entire offense from Oklahoma over. He brought a quarterback. It's I thought the they got their offense. I thought he got their top wide receiver, too, and their top running back. 
Okay, he brought his skill positions. That's not an entire offense. <laughs> that honestly, that says something about Lincoln Riley's recruiting, though. That if he's in his coach style, that if he's able to leave a school and bring what a lot of people perceive to be like the most important positions on an offense with him, that says a lot about the way he coaches and his ability to recruit. I would have agreed with you a couple of years ago. I will say anymore. That's fairly common. Unfortunately, I don't like that it's common, but it is kind of common now. So we just saw Billy Napier get somewhat of a promotion, right? Yeah. Uh, going from Louisiana to Florida. Well, quarterback, running back, left tackle, right tackle, uh, left guard, all came with it. Uh, we saw Cameron Ward's coach leave for Washington State, and so guess where Cameron Ward's going? Yeah. All right. It, it happens now. The new transfer rules have made that possible, and I totally understand why. Right. As a recruit, as a player, I don't have any ties to any school, really. I'm an Ohio State fan, but if I were getting recruited by Washington, by Virginia Tech, by Alabama, I'm going to find the right fit for me. And that's going to be with a coaching staff, not with a university. So if the coaching staff moves schools, why wouldn't I move with them if, if it's possible to? No, that's valid. I also wish people were more loyal than they were. So that goes for coaches too, right? What I'm saying there, but I know it's not the nature of the business. This makes complete sense that Caleb Williams would want to go to USC. I will be very interested to see what Brent Venables can pull together at Oklahoma this year. I wonder if they can get to double digit wins. I bet they will, but I think it's going to be a hard road. It absolutely is going to be a difficult road, but I mean, if you can play defense in the Big 12, then you probably have a chance. That's what Oklahoma State and Baylor learned last year. And, and, and Brett Venables can definitely coach defense. At, you know, at least we think so. Facts. I don't know how much of that was Davo Sweeney. Probably not much. Probably a little bit more of an offensive guy, but you know, anything's possible. We'll see what how it goes. <laughs> yep. I am fascinated to see what Clemson does this year, by the way, losing both their coordinators for the first time in like nearly a decade. Dude, I think it, it after the year they had too, on top of that, I think it's gonna be a uh it's probably gonna be a little bit of a rebound for them, actually. I was gonna say a shock to him about exactly <laughs> how this season's gonna go. I don't know. Anything's possible, I guess. Not like the ACC is that stacked. So no, that's fair. <laughs> Come down to Clemson and Wake Forest again. Actually, that's possible. Anyway, um, it's National Signing Day yesterday. Woo! Not that so we already know where all the top players are going. Right. So there was one four-star defensive lineman Ohio State was holding out hope on. He ended up going to Georgia. That happened. Um, Texas A&M did finish with the number one class. So, ever not Alabama. Not the number one class ever, was it? That's that's the report I saw, but it was off ESPN, so well, probably not. not true. So, <laughs> that's terrible. I shouldn't say that. Disney's going to come after me. Uh, oh, not, now you invoke the mouse by saying his company's name. Uh, that's, that's what I do. That's what I'm all about here. Um, I do want to find now, you have me intrigued. I want to find how they did all time. Let's look at team rankings, Texas A&M, 330 points. Um, what year was that Florida recruiting class? Uh, which one are you talking about? The one that set the record. I do not know. Because that was a pretty incredible class. I'm thinking it was like 2000. 
eight or nine or something. Sorry to be doing this live. Is what it is. You guys are going for a ride with me here. I seriously can't find it anywhere. Dang. Well, I don't know what happened to 24-7 sports, but can't find it. Um, I don't know if 330 points is a record or not. 24-7 composite. It sounds really close, though. I think Florida was at 328. So maybe it might be the best class of all time, which I don't even know what that means anymore. Look at that Florida class that had the previous record. It wasn't really that impressive in the long run. It's more about trying to rake guys' potential more than anything. Okay, so that Florida class was the 2007 class, and Mm -hmm. this is from 24-7 Sports, with 313 points. Uh, Wait, hold on. Let's go down the list and see what happens. Okay, yeah, sorry. Number one was 2010 Florida, 324 points. So this would break that. Yeah, and become the number one recruiting class of all time. Okay, well, I hate to see it, <laughs> but congratulations to Jimbo Fisher and finally putting to rest the rumors of him leaving for LSU. Right. <laughs> I still can't believe that. that that press conference was great. He came out and said, "Why in the world would I leave to go in the same division against these guys I'm recruiting right now?" Right. <laughs> So, yeah, um, National Signing Day, not too much really happened there. All the five stars were already gone, which I don't like, honestly. Yeah. I wish it were still a big event, but Early Signing Day is basically the new National Signing Day. So, I I will say, Chris Ball got into Miami and started doing some outstanding work. it's not often you have a new coach come in with a school that's been struggling like Miami has. And now they have the number 15 class for 2022, but that is, that is where they're at right now, uh, which is outstanding. And again, a lot of the reason why Miami uh, and the hurricanes went after him because the man is a recruiting genius. It seems. Yeah. And it is still true that basically the, the top eight teams for the Big Ten are the seven from the Big Ten East and Iowa. So shout out to Iowa, I guess, for being the best recruiting team in the Big Ten West. Also, shout out to the rest of the Big Ten East. <laughs> for actually knowing what they're doing. This is a very poor performance by the Big Ten West. When Rutgers out recruits you, you know you're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> facts but all right i think that's about it for the news let's go ahead and talk about these big games we got going on this weekend so there's honestly i don't know what order we really want to do these in i guess we'll start with the pro bowl since you already have that yep that label up labeled Um, it but the pro bowl is going to be happening on sunday the day before on saturday will be the reese's senior bowl so we'll talk about a little bit of pro and then a little bit of college for this as well. So the Pro Bowl, I don't want to run through this entire roster. I think that would be a little bit ridiculous. If you want to see the roster, you can pretty much find it most places. Um, I will say, very surprising to me how many replacements there were this year. Like, I don't know. 15 different guys have just opted out of playing in the Pro Bowl. That's how it goes down, man. Nobody kind of, but it didn't happen that way when it was in Hawaii every year. Well, yeah, you get to go to Hawaii. <laughs> well, now that it's in Las Vegas, everybody's like, well, I've been to Vegas. I actually went this year <laughs> and played the Raiders. It's, it doesn't yeah, basically. Have the same feel. So I do want to highlight. Uh, Kyle Pitts making it as a rookie. I think that's pretty cool. Um, definitely deserved there. Mac Jones made it as a rookie, uh, replacing somebody, we believe. I think he's replacing Lamar Jackson. 
uh, but I'm not certain on that. Um, any other rookies make it? I didn't see any others. I think that's it. That's kind of a, a letdown because there are some other rookies. Micah Parsons would have been valid. Um, oh, he did make it. You're right. Micah Parsons and, is on the list list. And okay, who voted for these things? That's how did Deontay Johnson get in? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I understand he's replacing Jamar Chase, so. I would count that as making a Pro Bowl as a rookie as well, even though you have to opt out because, oh, your team's actually going to the Super Bowl. Right. If you get voted in, it's it's fine. You, you made <laughs> but, it. But how do we decide Deontay Johnson was his replacement? That is – the man was the bane of Pittsburgh's existence last year because he couldn't catch a football. And yet Steelers fans wanted to see him in the Pro Bowl, I guess. I just – dang. Uh, Trey Hendrickson has not been – replaced yet he will obviously have to be replaced because he's playing in super bowl a couple of things like that it's this is really weird this year it doesn't feel like as big of a deal as it has been in the past i don't even see the nfl talking about it as much as they have in the past and let's let's be honest the more fun is when they do the skills competition i don't even know if they're doing that this year but that's that's the more fun part of this this is designed just to be a fun game for the guys and make some money on the side but the real fun, if you're a fan, is watching that skills competition. I do want to see somebody like try hard this thing. Oh, Nashi uh, Harris is a rookie. Yeah, is he? I guess. Yes. yes. I guess so. He doesn't feel like a rookie. I don't and know that's why. why he's in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> fair. That is fair. Um, yeah, a lot of people just opting out. It's not even injury related. Uh, the Super Bowl ones, obviously, you understand, but like some older guys just don't want to participate. <laughs> Tom Brady was voted in. He's like, mm, nah. I'm going to retire. Which, fair enough. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> um, did like to see um, Justin Herbert being the number one quarterback of the AFC. Thought that was pretty cool. I don't know if he actually deserved to be the number one quarterback of the AFC or not, but he is, so that's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, nice. Jonathan Taylor being the number one. Rashawn Slater's a rookie, isn't he? Yes, yes, he is. This AFC is uh, loaded with rookies. And I, yeah, all right. So I lied earlier. Obviously, didn't do enough research on this roster, but you know. We are where we are. Hey, we have a we have two honorary uh, linemen in the uh, in the Pro Bowl. We got two fullbacks in there. Yeah, yeah. Fullback still a position according to the All Star Game. <laughs> so I don't really know too many snobs. A lot of guys have opted out of this, so it's even hard to tell who's been snubbed at this point. I will say it is a shame that Roquan Smith did not get in. He's one of the best linebackers in the league right now. Yep. So I would say that's the obvious snub to me. I don't know any others. Do you? I, I'm looking at it. Again, it's it's the replacements that, that have gotten in that are getting me, not the people who were originally voted in. Those make a lot of sense. Right. Oh, look, Jakeem Grant's going to his first Pro Bowl. <laughs> uh-huh. I personally, and this, this might be a Homer, but when you look at the seasons, I probably would have preferred Jalen Waddle. So, so this is where I'm going to come in with this. When you're talking replacement, this is where the uh, NFL needs to step in and not go off of, you know, who had the next highest in vote totals. The NFL needs to go in and go with the next statistically best season out there. Maybe that is, maybe that's not Jalen Waddle, whatever. I don't, I don't care. But if you give me the option of who, I think a large chunk of people would rather see in the Pro Bowl Deontay Johnson or Jalen Waddle. Something tells me more would rather see Jalen Waddle out there than Deontay Johnson. Just I know I would. So I would also say it's really difficult to do this with a combination of subjective and objective ex- criteria. Yeah. You yep. kind of need to pick one or the other. So right now it is a purely subjective thing, which I guess is fine for what it is. I would definitely prefer it to be objective, but you can't always get what you want. 
Also, it's hard to get stats for offensive line and defensive linemen sometimes. So we get fan voting instead. <laughs> um, why Brian O'Neill is in the Pro Bowl as a tackle? I, I'm sorry, Brian O'Neill, but I, I would much rather see a couple other guys <laughs> on the <laughs> list. <laughs> uh, but Bug is chiming in in the uh, in the Twitch chat, letting us know that maybe that's why Tom Brady actually retired when he did was just to get out of the Pro Bowl. That would be fantastic. I would respect the hell out of that move. Right? Also, it is fascinating. Tom Brady did make a record number of Pro Bowls this year. He was selected to his 15th Pro Bowl, which is a new NFL record. And Indianapolis led the league in Pro Bowl selections with seven, and they didn't make the playoffs. That's fun to explain to somebody, namely your owner. (laughs) You gotta love it. <laughs> so GM's like, I'm doing a great job. I don't know what, what else I don't I the can coach do. is doing. <laughs> Some play calling issues on this team. That's all it is. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> no, it's the inability to win in Jackson. It was a win and you're in in Jacksonville. Gosh, man. That's that's still amazing to me. They haven't won in Jacksonville in like 10 years now or something crazy. But you missed the days when I had the actual stats up. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about the Pro Bowl. It feels like it's so diminished this year it, and last year. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Like, it's not, it doesn't mean much. It is just for fun, but it, it generally speaking, it, it is a good game, albeit odd to see everyone, all, all the uniform colors mixed across, but it is a fun game to watch. So it, it is worth the watch. Fair enough, but definitely the game that I will be more looking forward to is on Saturday instead of Sunday. I'm talking about the Reese Senior Bowl down in Birmingham, Alabama. Every year for, I don't know, the last 50 years it's been down in Birmingham at the University of South Alabama's campus. So the coaching staffs this year, and I'm not sure the criteria of how they select the coaching staffs, but it's the Jets and the Lions um, it's it has gone to the worst record in the league in, in the AFC and NFC historically. Obviously, that's not the case. This I year because I think that's because Jacksonville and Houston didn't have coaches. That's understandable. Makes sense to me. Not <laughs> so by Jets that. it is. Jets it is. Uh, you're right, Ben. It's Mobile, Alabama. That's 100% my fault. I even knew that, and I accidentally said Birmingham. Mobile, Alabama. You're right. Um, practices are open all week, and the game is kind of less important than practices, honestly, for evaluation purposes. Thanks. The game's just really fun. It's an all-star, all-star format. Everybody gets a little bit of a chance to play. If you do ball out in the game, that's cool. You can get a little Senior Bowl MVP trophy. But it's more about raising your draft stock through these practices, showing that you have the fundamentals to play with anybody and everybody, and prove that you're one of the best out there. So I'm not going to run through these whole rosters. Can't do it. Like We could have gone through the Pro Bowl rosters. Okay, there's like 130, 140 guys that went to the Senior Bowl. We're not talking about all of them. Do have a couple of guys who really stood out in these first couple of practices, though, and would like to shout them out. We will certainly hear these names more when we get to our draft coverage post-Super Bowl. So, Tug, here's some good starting research for you. If you want to get in on the top guys in the class, here's a couple of names to know. Maybe some second-rounders or some, some third, fourth-rounders tucked in here. But these are some solid guys to keep an eye on for sure. So we'll go position by position. And which position do you want to start with? Well, let's get the big names out of the way because these are names that we've been tracking for a while. Uh, and honestly, names I expected to be on this list. So let's go at quarterbacks. So quarterbacks, there are more quarterbacks that made the Senior Bowl than these four. So these four are definitely the standouts so far. Kenny Pickett had a fantastic first day, as everyone expected him to. 
He's probably the number one quarterback in the class right now. He should have a good senior bowl. <laughs> uh, Malik Willis has impressed a lot of people with what he's been able to do these practices. His game film at Liberty has been con- a little bit concerning at times. The consistency isn't really there, right? His accuracy is fickle. His athleticism is jumps off the film at you. Yep. But his timing, his mechanics are into question. And they have not been during this week so far. Malik Willis has looked outstanding, apparently. Uh, Carson Strong, it's terrible that it, you know, it's going to sound like a pun, but he has the strongest arm in the class. So he's also huge, like 6'4, 6'5. So the Denver Broncos are definitely taking him. Big Ben replacement. <laughs> like uh, in the NFL, not on the Broncos, obviously. Right, right. And there was a lot of concern around Desmond Ritter's performance day one, but he came around at day two and silenced a lot of that doubt with a very much so stronger performance. I like to see I like to see Desmond Ritter performing well. You will hear a lot of Cincinnati guys on this list of high high performers so far in his practices. Yeah, Desmond Ritter, he's one of the harder quarterbacks to evaluate this year for sure. So to see him performing well in this kind of environment will certainly help his draft stock quite a bit. Fair enough, man. I'm excited to see where all these guys go. I'm excited for this evaluation process to really start kicking off now. Uh, You know, it is going 365, but it's a little bit different when you get them up close and personal like this. All right, you want to go offense, defense, or do you want to stick – it's Just going you, down man. the list. It's up to you. Ooh. What do you want Ooh. me to talk about? All right. Well, we'll talk about wide receivers last just to, to string that one out a little bit. Okay. Um, you know what? Let's go DBs. Okay. Defensive backs. Uh, one name I'm hearing, Roger McCreary, getting talked about quite a bit. Cornerback out of Auburn. A lot of people like him quite a bit, especially considering uh, he's from Mobile, Alabama. He said he has attended many a senior bowl in his day. To be a part of one has been a lifelong dream of his. So to see him in this game, he's obviously trying very hard to put on a show and succeeding. Uh, Love speed out of him, and he's doing pretty good. Uh, the other huge name for DBs is the Thorpe Award winner, Kobe Bryant. Why more people aren't talking about him, I do not understand. He won the Jim Thorpe Award, and he was second fiddle on his own DB room. Everyone's talking about Sauce Gardner up in Cincinnati. Kobe Bryant is the better corner. I'm telling you right now. And he's proving it at the Senior Bowl. He is incredible. Even some of the receivers that we are going to talk about in a minute, like performing very well, are getting blanketed by Kobe Bryant, and they cannot move. It is unfortunate that his name is Kobe Bryant because everyone's going to think of Kobe, but it's spelled differently, so if that helps... Well, it's better than having a fantastic week. It's better than having, you know, Josh Allen pick off Josh Allen. So actually that's enjoyable. (laughs) That's that's a good time. Yeah, Ben. Kobe's Kobe's back and playing corner for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Decided on a career change. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Give me give give me the, the rundown on those tight ends. There's a few few teams out there that are looking for uh that big threat uh catching tight end what do we got yeah so there's a name that we talked about during the season trey mcbride out of colorado state that's kind of been the assumed tight end one in this class for quite a while now since we're talking bowl, about him this senior bowl has really elevated the draft stock of a couple of other guys and they've seemed to outperform Trey McBride basically every step of the way. So Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina is probably another name that you would have heard. He was it's pretty likely that we've heard well. it. Yep. Yep. I Sorry, I, ha- I had to. I the had name to. that you probably have not heard because his stats were very limited at UCLA. But Greg Dulcich has been outstanding 
this senior bowl so far and actually pushed himself into some conversation as maybe one of the most most athletic tight ends in this class. I mean, he's he's really put on a show here and surprised yeah. a lot of people. Absolutely, man. That's that's fantastic. All right, let's talk about everyone's favorite defenders right now. Talk about those edge rushes. What have you got out there? So I want to start with my Jai Sanders out of Cincinnati. Sanders has been one of those guys. He's been on the fringe of first-round consideration basically all year. And he looks like it right now, the senior bowl. He looks like on the fringe of first-round consideration. Uh, but one name for real. And this is a guy who, I don't know, honestly, probably looking at third, fourth round draft grade, has moved himself squarely into the top 10 of the draft, is Jermaine Johnson. He is destroying every offensive lineman in the Senior Bowl right now. His measurables are much better than anyone expected them to be. He ran faster than people expected him to. He is at the right weight for the first time in a while. Uh, he got He lost... The injury concerns, we're not seeing him being hampered by you know, a couple of lingering issues that he had this season at Florida State. He is dominating. Jermaine Johnson looks like the real deal. And I would, I, at this point, I would be surprised if he doesn't go in the first round. Fair enough. All right, what do we know about those uh, those running backs out there? You're just picking positions at random, aren't you? This is yep, hundred <laughs> percent. So the first name that people wanted to talk about was Jerome Ford, again a Cincinnati guy. His between the tackle stuff has been really impressive. He cannot catch for shit. Let's be real. But if you want a little bit of a power guy, Jerome Ford seems to be pretty decent. Uh, also, Damian Pierce out of Florida. Uh, this man has been just really agile, really athletic, um, a lot quicker than people expected out of him. And the way he's been able to move has turned some heads. So not necessarily a name that anybody was looking too hard into before this week. And now he's getting added to draft boards as of late because of this performance. Fantastic. All right, what do we know about those uh, those linebackers out there? Linebackers, let's start with the Cincinnati guy again. Uh, Darian Beavers has been outstanding as a true middle linebacker type. He has been solid in coverage, especially across the middle, and just like a really solid tackler, which is, you know, what else do you want in a linebacker? Right. Everything you could ask for. But the guy that has been impressive athletically, you're talking Channing Tindall. Channing Tindall out of Georgia is doing things that were often overlooked because of everyone else's performance on that Georgia defense. And now that he's in an all-star format and around some other guys, his name's getting out there a little bit more. Hey, he's actually good in coverage too. He just never had to do that at Georgia because everybody else was good at coverage too. That's fair. So. What he's been doing has been pretty impressive this week, and I expect him to, I don't know, he'll move up a little bit in this draft process. Fair enough. All right. Talk to me about those uh, those big dudes, the ones up front, ones moving that line forward. Let's get the offensive line. So let's talk bad and then good because there are a couple of performances that have been really concerning in this senior bowl, especially out of the offensive linemen, and especially out of offensive linemen that have had to face Jermaine Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking at you, Darian Kennard out of Kentucky, that was really awful. <laughs> it helps to stay on your feet if you want to block people. Um, it'd be ideal. <laughs> Getting beat that bad is not good for your draft stock. Uh, the guy who's been able to hold his own, though, Zion Johnson out of Boston College, a guard. Uh, he's been he's been everything you would want a guard to be, a little bit of a mauler type and not something that we really saw that much at Boston College. 
because that's not the style they really play. He is strong enough to do it, and he has been driving people into the dirt all week. Really good to see. That's fantastic. Uh, Trevor Penning is the other guy out of northern Iowa. He is really good. Everyone knew he was really good. He's been in a first-round consideration anyway, even though he's out of UNI, and that's pretty much confirmed this week. Jesus. He, he's legit. That's amazing. Coming out of UNI, first-round pick, that's that's fantastic. All right, who are they, who are they blocking against in, uh, on the defensive side of the ball? What about those interior and your typical defensive linemen? Yeah, so Devontae Wyatt is a name that you've probably heard by this point, Georgia defensive tackle, just shredding dudes alive. That's, that's what he's there for. A little bit of a pass rush for him, too. You know, that, that Jordan Davis style. I mean, Devontae Wyatt was doing a lot of the similar things, and he's he's the one who's a senior, so he's getting to do it at the Senior Bowl, and he's doing really good at it. I will say Perry and Winfrey has been – everything that everyone expected that he would be at Oklahoma this past season, he's been able to do it here. So there's some question marks with that, right? Why is yep. he so successful this week when he was really shut down effectively all season at Oklahoma, but I don't know. He's still an athletic and huge defensive tackle. So he will get drafted. <laughs> Sometimes it's all you're looking for. I can teach the rest. Right, right. Okay, I think I think we've shown it out long enough. Talk to me about those wide receivers. Who's our uh, top performing wide receiver so far? Who top performing overall? <laughs> it's probably Calvin Austin the uh, third. Who's who's um, he play for? I've heard plays the name for a little known school in Southern Tennessee. Oh, that's right. Um, what is it? Um, Southwest Tennessee State, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mississippi River Community College <laughs> down there. Something, something like that. Ben's gonna kill us. <laughs> I know. I'm upset. I'm not getting a reaction out of him. <laughs> uh, Calvin Austin the third out of Memphis. He is. Yeah, he's fantastic. I have no idea, other than some past injuries, I mean, which weren't even that big of a concern as of late. I mean, it's, gosh, Calvin Austin III should be one of the highest rated receivers in this class, and he hasn't been. But this week, yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, running routes better than people thought he would. He still has that speed. He still has that explosiveness. He still has that deep threat ability. It's it's pretty great. <laughs> There's the reaction we were waiting for. Another fantastic performance is that a Christian Watson of North Dakota State. Um, wow. Wow. Really fantastic job there. He's doing things that a lot of receivers aren't can't do. Uh, high point the ball, just really good at it, finding the ball in space, uh, making some real crisp routes, uh, making making some huge separation that I didn't expect to see out of him. Some speed guys have impressed with their athleticism more than their real route running ability would be Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati and Khalil Shakur out of Boise State. Romeo Dubs out of Nevada has already, I mean, we've already known about his athleticism. He's he's a really good route runner, too. I mean, he's a he's a solid combination of skills that you're looking for. Probably more of like a third, fourth round guy. But yeah, if you get Romeo Dubs in the middle of the draft, you're gonna you're gonna be pretty pleased, I would say. Nice. I like it, man. Do you have any other final comments on the on the Senior Bowl? I love the Senior Bowl, and I really was trying to go this year. It just didn't work out with my schedule. So if we can get some people following us on social media sites, you know, the ticker below here, 
if we had people follow us on Twitch, get us actually going, that would be really helpful and maybe make it possible for me to give you some live coverage of Senior Bowls in the future. That'd be great. That'd be a good time for all of us. Fan, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so with that, I say we go ahead and shout out those social medias. Uh, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash bdtfootball. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook, BDT football, both those places. Instagram, we are BDT underscore football. And, of course, our website, bdtfootball.com, where you can find our email address as well, mailbox at bdtfootball.com. Or, hopefully, you're watching us live on Twitch right now. Big dudes in the trenches. Of course, you can follow us there. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. 100%. Well, we don't have Ben for any more final comments. No fun, no fun jokes for me on my welcome back. I can give you some quick animal facts. Sure, that'll work. Um, that'll feel normal-ish. Quick, quick animal fact here: koalas exist. Do you no. have the qualifications to tell me that? I do. I okay, cool. Do. <laughs> so I was going to give you two of them, but I don't have them right now, but I do know a guy. Good. Does he work at a zoo? Um, as far as I know, he's into shipbuilding. Ah, okay. Getting really big into that these days. <laughs> Man, this is terrible. We need to stop this. Get out of oh, here. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, clearly we are running out of things to talk about. That is all the time we have on the show today. Thanks for watching. And just remember, you can't win a game, but you can't win the tennis.